the greatest of faults, the greatest of faults is to be the greatest of faults is to be conscience of none. The greatest of faults is to be conscience of none. So that uh, if you don't think you have a fault, you're living up to your image. Okay. Father, we are praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that our eyes, are, our understanding may be open, Father God. Father God, that we receive, Father God, and put it into action into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we want to look at two scriptures at the very beginning. The first scripture will be found in 2 Corinthians. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And we will look at verse 11 in the King James first. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should give an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I want to look at it in the Amplified. To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us, we are not ignorant, for his wiles are and his intentions. Okay, now we want to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, at Ephesians chapter 6. And we will begin with verse 10. That's Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand, to withstand against the wilds of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and on your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darks of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always in all prayers and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Wow. We know that the enemy's out there, but God has given us something to take care of us. Amen. Um, this arm of God is a, you can say, a brand new set of clothes it's especially made for you, the believer. Uh, and since it's made for us, we need to put them on. Uh, the armor of God is by virtue our, re our relationship with God. Um, it comes from God, so it's vital. He says, this is your, your clothing, so it's vital for you to walk 
in this earth at this time. It's all important for us to remain, glory to God, on, with fellowship with God in order to continue and enjoy the benefits of, his, of this spiritual armor that he's given us. By breaking fellowship with the Lord, unfortunately, we uh, steer away from the power source. So we need to be hooked up with God all the time. Uh, when you, or I'll put it this way, when I cease to walk with the Lord, I can't enjoy his abundant blessings that I should have. Why? Because the abundant life has a source in the Lord, and you have to choose to stop the divine power from flowing to you when you choose otherwise. When you opt to do your own thing, or when I opt to do my own thing, I suspend the ability to use God's armor. And it's, it's your armor, so when I mess up and I don't uh, clean myself up, the armor becomes fruitless because there's no more power in it. So we need to keep the armor on and full of power, glory to God. Um, Let's look at verse 11 again. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God has given us this set of clothing as a weaponry. It's a complete armor. Um, not one thing is missing in this armor that he's given us. So wear your, your uniform proudly. Glory to God. Amen. Um, it's unfortunate that much of the body of Christ, though, um, resists to put on the whole armor of God because of traditions and philosophies of men. Some just care, care for the shield of faith. I've got the shield of faith. I can go out there and do anything. Others, uh, just like the helmet of salvation. I'm saved. You know, we've got nothing, you know, that's nothing there. And others say, well, I've got the sword of the Spirit and I can take on the enemy. Um, but if we can see ourselves in the spiritual uh, realm with only one of those three, the rest of us, the, the entire being, our entire being is naked. You need to have all the armor of God. Amen? Um, and when we just are using one piece of the armor of God, the enemy is laughing at us. Well, I'll shoot you in the heart or shoot you in the brain because you don't have your helmet or you don't have your breastplate. But sure, you got your shield, but I could, I'm going to hit you other places. Okay. Why do we need the armor? Verse 11 again. Put a whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be able means that God has given us this dynamic power and strength and ability to do the job. We're able to do it. To stand refers to being bold and confident in what we are equipped to do and defeat the enemy. Be able to defeat the enemy. Wow. That's some strong language. To stand guard over what we have and confess need to stand guard of what we have and, with, and what we confess. Don't confess a negative thing. Uh, stand guard over our mind, the helmet of salvation. 
Uh, the mind is the most important uh, battlefield that there is. Uh, you need to get, uh, can't think of her name, uh, Battlefield of the Mind, Joyce, Joyce Myers. You need to read that and find out, okay, how much of my mind's open to the enemy? And if you're not wearing the helmet of salvation and all the rest of the clothes, uh, we're hurt. Um, the, key, the key is to have a long term of renewing our mind. Thinking God's thoughts. Glory to God. Thinking God's thoughts. And the attacks of the enemy will fail because you've got the armor of God on. But should the mind be unguarded, if we don't unguard our mind, Satan plans to steal, kill, and destroy. And he runs rampant over most Christians' lives today because... We don't fulfill or put the full armor of God on. The need for armor, the armor of God is vital in any conflict that comes our way. You know, temptation comes your way. If you don't have the armor of God, well, you know, you don't have that helmet. I've got everything else on. You know, I'm going to rest. I put my helmet on the side. What's going to happen? The enemy is going to shoot that dark. He's going to get into your mind. You're going to go, oh, boy, what happened here? Well, how are those things coming on? Put your helmet back on. Stop those fiery darks from coming your way. Uh, what are the wiles of the enemy? We, we looked at it in 2 Corinthians 2.11. A wile, it says, uh, there are three key words in 2 Corinthians 2.11. Wiles, devices, and deception. We must gain an understanding of these three words to combat the enemy. So we're going to look at the three words. Wiles is 3180 in your uh, Strong's concordance. It means following the pursuit of evil. Wiles to follow the pursuit of the evil. Uh, wiles is is a, a also a method that he comes with. Okay, the enemy has a method of attack with wiles. Okay, um, he is obvious made made a success of it because most of us fall to the wiles of the devil oftentimes. And what is the road that we need to be on. Uh, this is where the second word comes into play. Devices. It's, in your Strong's, it's 3540. Devices means to perceive a devise and con uh, contrive session against you. Uh, we should not be uh, ignorant of his devices, his preconceived ideas to set we said we should know what these wilds are and the preconceived ideas that he said. And the Lord says, uh, there's nothing new. So, wow, you never had this happen. Yeah, it's, it's happened to everybody one time or another. It's, the devil can't come up with anything new. He'll hammer you and hammer you with, with how, how about this? He hammers you or me. With something, same thing. How many, how many have, have something occurring over and over sometimes? He hammers you with the same devices. He deceives us in that way. Uh, his idea is, is to deceive the mind and fill our, our minds with confusion. What, is this what really God means? Or you know, I'm not too sure. Uh, 
Probably, but maybe not. So there's confusion. When you get confusion in your mind, the devil's uh, got you in a, you could say, got you in a corner and beating your brains out. You can't have that. Uh, he plays mind games. Mind games, okay? This is why the Apostle Paul tells us to cast down every imagination and high thing which exalts itself against the, uh, the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need that. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter at this point. Keep your uh, finger there. 1 Peter. First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. Look what, what uh, Peter tells us. First Peter chapter one, looking at verse thirteen. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Your mind. It says, he's saying your mind is like your lo the loins. It's a re reproductive area. Your, your loin is a reproductive area. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. Get that reproducing in your life. Guard it. Reproducing God's word. Renew your mind to God's word. Glory to God. The enemy tries to manipulate and, and control our emotions. Um, and that's his strategy against us. Uh, by just looking at words, wiles, and devices, we can see his strategy. And he attacks us so that we might be victims of his. And so, Unfortunately, we're, there's a lot of Christians walking around bandaged up, you know. Why? Because... We've allowed the enemy to attack us, and, and, and we didn't get on it right away. We, we begin to carry the extra luggage, or we fall back into our old man. And that's bad news when you fall back into our old man. Okay. Whoever controls the mind also controls your state of being, so we need to have God control it. The enemy can manipulate you as he sees fit if we don't control our mind. Now, the third word, deception. Deception, uh, Web, Webster's uh, dictionary says deception means fraud, deceiving, trickery, craftiness, deception, to swindle, shame, sham, a sham, a guile, dishonest, to trick or bait, deception, occurs when a person believes the lies of the enemy that's been telling him. Now, unfortunately, decept there's a lot of deception in politics recently. And uh, a lot of people will just say, oh, well, that must be true because everybody else is saying, don't follow that line. Once deception takes root, oh, that, that's possible, yeah. It will produce reality in your life. Some of those individuals have, have lied so much that they begin to believe their own lies. What must have happened? This is what I, I read. This is what I, I saw. No, that's, you know, the deception's there. They fall for their own lies. We can't have that. False perceptions empower the lie. 
and leads to deterioration. Can you see a, the armor of God there? And all of a sudden you fall for a lie and your armor begins to deteriorate because it's not being fully powered by God any longer. And the enemy shoots his dark and your armor falls apart. Um, false perce uh, perceptions empower the enemy and he is skilled in the use of false beliefs. Okay. Um, Again, that false belief or deception will cause an individual to follow a lie all the way around. Wiles, devices, and deception of the enemy are used to combat, are used to combat the armor of God. These things are fired by them. Right, let's review. Wiles, the method and primary goal to attack a believer. Devices tell us the direction in which he's headed and to bring confusion and uh, false deception. And deception is the embracement of lies to empower, empower that lie, okay? Um, so that that lie, that deception becomes truly established in your mind. Well, that's what they say, that I'm establishing. Um, what is sad is a lot of people, you'll show people if you're so winning and uh, I think we've all done this, and, and you open your Bible, okay, this is what uh, Jesus says, you have to be warning it. No, I can't, I don't, can't believe that. I can't believe that. It can't be. Well, there, there's deception. So they're, they're listening to something so strong that they won't believe what the Word of God says. No good. Amen. Okay. First Samuel, chapter 17, um, gives a perfect picture of the wiles and devices of deception in scripture. So 1 Samuel, way back here, chapter 17, if you recall, this word, uh, David meets Goliath, okay? Goliath throws the fear of intimidation for 40 days at the army of God, or the army of Israel. Goliath is boastful, arrogant, outlandish, full of pride, and his declarations make Israel's or brings Israel to demise. I can't go out there. Listen to that. He's a he's a giant of a man, uh, and he's he says he's gonna feed me to the crows and or the birds. And I'm not going out there. So the army of Israel falls for the deception. Um, it was so effective that it says that all, all the ar army of Israel were in terror. One individual. I tell you what, if four, five, ten, ten of them all sprang up from come at, come at Goliath at, uh, at the same time, he wouldn't know what to do. But they weren't looking at it that way. He says, well, I might be the one he picks to kill. So, the, so they don't go out there and match uh, wits with him, you could say. Yes, Goliath was a formidable fool. fool. Look at verse 8. And he stood and screamed. And this is First uh, Samuel 17, 8. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto him, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? 
Am I not I, a Philistine, and ye are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me, look at that, and kill me, then we will be your servants. Well, that never took place. There was another line. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then ye shall be our servants and serve us. Well, that's how the enemy is. No good. Uh, he continues his harassment, and, and the, that harassment cripples him. I can't go out there. Why don't you go out there? No, I'm going to... Um, I got a wife and kids. I can't go out there. Well, I'm too young. I can't do, go to battle. I got, you know. They have all sorts of excuses not going out there to meet Goliath. And same thing. We, we, we're attacked and we don't, can't figure out what in the world's going on. I'm being attacked. Well, praise God. God is on my side. He's my rearward guard. Now go forward. Hello, I've got the armor of God on. Amen. Goliath emotionally bound them up without using his sword or spear. He just did it with words alone. Well, if he can do it on the negative side, why can't we do it on the positive side? And David does it on the positive side. Glory to God. Uh, where did Goliath learn this from? This terror, terror action? From the devil. devil. The devil seeks to disable Stun, namas, disarm the believer in the same way. He's going to bug you. He'll, like I said, he'll attack you the same way all the time. His, his tactics never change. The enemy's tactics never change. He doesn't have a new way of doing things. He does it the old ways. And once we find out, it says, once we know the wiles of the devil, we can put, put him off. We need to know what the Word of God tells us, how we are to Combat the enemy. Put on the full armor of God. Speak your words. Amen? Glory to God. If we meditate and consider the devil's threats long enough, just like the children of Israel, we will become dismayed and greatly afraid and become incapable of resisting him. Why well, ain't going to go there? They could all charged out there, and they, something would have took place. Uh, I'll go to book, uh, the book of James momentarily here. In the book of James, chapter four. Look at verse seven, James four seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, all we have to do is stand in our armor, and he. Or maybe just kind of move forward a little bit, and he's going to run. Hello, that's what the word says. He's going to run from us when we stand in God's arm. He can't see if it's God in that armor or you. Quit taking off your armor and say, hey, it's me, it's me, and put it back on. <laughs> you know. How dare you, devil, I come against you in the name, and then we don't do it. How about uh, a good example is that seven sons of Sceva was going to take care of a, a, a demon. What did it say? The demon beat him up and they ran out. All seven of them ran out stripped and naked because they ran into somebody. Something that, that believed uh, the demons knew what 
power he had over them because they didn't receive the power, they didn't use the power that uh, was available to them. We need to begin to speak God's word out. I curse the works of Satan in my life. I'm redeemed and I say so. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. What I put my hand to, hand to shall prosper, glory to God. We need to, you know, we need to have our confessions flow, flow out of us. All that. I'm a seed of Abraham. Well, how about, I'm a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So bug off, Satan. Amen. The only way to resist, resist the devil is having knowledge of God in our life. I'm no longer your property. I've been bought with a price. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Whatever my body had, it's gone. I command it to leap. I've got, I'm living by faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Going back to First uh, Samuel 17. Uh, David, on the other hand, did not meditate. or He didn't listen to to. Goliath's words, he spoke God's words. I'm not, too many of us are speaking what we are seeing or what we are, are, are having instead of what we calling those things that be not as though they were. Sure, we're going to be attacked, but we can call those things that be not. I, I, I command these things to leave. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. I'm covered by the blood and the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Shake up the devil. He, he, you know, he attacks us, what we say, broadsided, because sometimes we're, we, you know, we don't even know that he hit us. And all of a sudden when we find out, oh my gosh, I've been hit. And we don't stand up. Shake it off. Glory to God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am redeemed. I'm God's child. Our attitude, our attitude must be, Satan, you cannot, cannot have your way here anymore. I am God's territory. Inside, God is living inside me, wall to wall. The Spirit of God's living in me. Just, just choke him up. If you don't say anything, oh, well. And you've got to do it so much that it just changes your thought level. Because the enemy, like I said, he, he's constant. He only can hit us a certain way. It's always the same way. But once he gets a foothold, look out. We need to throw him out. Okay, uh... Let me go back to 1 Samuel 17. Glory to God. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. 
I've been redeemed. First Samuel 17, looking at verse 38 and 39. And Saul and Saul armed David with his armor, and he put and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he also armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his army, and I say to go and for he had not proven it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proven them. And David put them off. You can't use somebody else's armor. You can't rely on somebody else. Can't rely on something else. You've got to rely on God's word. Okay, then, then let's go to verse 40. Let's look what David did. And he took, all, and took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had. Even a script and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Glory to God. We're ha we have to be willing to engage the enemy. He's attacked you. You have to be willing to engage him. In other words, you have the armor of God, go forward with it. Verse 44. And the Philistine said to David, I come, you come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the fields. Then David, then said David to the Philistine, Thou cometh to me with a sword and with a spear and a shield, but I come unto thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. We need to speak what we have. Speak of our backing. So that I've got God on my side. Get on my way. Uh, verse 46. This is the day the Lord will deliver thee into my hands. Look at that. Look at his confession. And I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee, and I will give thy car carcasses to the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, you know what happened. He throws his, throws his sling. Rock hits David, uh, Goliath in the head. Goliath falls backwards. David runs up there. You know, the, the stone finished him off, but he's, he, wanted, he wanted a trophy. How many, how many have been, yeah, well, I know the girls don't uh, go hunting, but usually when, if you watch some of those uh, outdoor sports, you know, when they go hunting, they want a trophy. Besides, you know, uh, you know, they want the meat, okay. He didn't want, David just wanted a trophy. And with that trophy, he can bring it up to King Saul. Says, Here, here's this, and then what? King Saul rewards him. We need to step out and slay the dragon. Do the things. Amen. David knew who God was. David was, had an attitude that was necessary to defeat the enemy and spoke the victory. He called those things that be not as though they were. He hadn't killed him. 
He hasn't, he had to do something, but he spoke God's word. He says, I can do this. I, nothing is impossible to, to me. You have to speak God's word in the situation you're in. Call those things that be not as though they were. Call those things that God says is impossible that he can do and that you can do. Oh, glory to God. Turn your camp into victory. We need this type of confidence to be victorious, to win battles. Why should we be continually harassed by the enemy in our lives, being tormented by his lies and insinuous um, situations that he puts us into? He tries to manipulate us. Oh, you'll never make it. David didn't listen. He went out there and spoke God's word. We need to do the same. You need to do the same. Like I said, you've got to continue to speak it. I don't care what the, what the enemy is saying or, or how he's applying pressure to you. Apply pressure to the enemy. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who's, who's in me. What, my, what I put my hand to, I will conquer. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Take that devil. Kick him in the teeth. One fi final thought uh, about devil is made up of two words. means to penetration, have penetration and to throw. So the devil, he's wanted to penetrate your heart and throw you off course. Because if he can do that, he's won. He's winning his battle because you're going to continue to fall to the wayside. Bless you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're made to be more than a conqueror. Glory to God. Um, devil is re repetitive. His action of hitting something over and over and over again until the structure is worn down. You know, all of us have been wore down by certain situations and circumstances. I forgive. I for, I give up. I'm not going to do it anymore. Nobody's ever done that besides myself. Boy, you guys are good. Okay. Why not take a stone and sling it into the head? of the enemy that's accusing you. Stop by slinging the stone and hitting the enemy in the head. He stops harassing you. Think about it. That's what putting on the armor of God is. It's for us. It's God's armor that he's given us. Glory to God. We, we sang a song, great and, mighty is, great and Mighty is the Lord. He's great and mighty. He's given us, he's adopted us into his family. You think he want his family to be beaten up, kicked around, shoved, thrown into, thrown into the back corner, treated terribly? Most of us have kids. Well, you know, not always, but. Well, if you caught somebody just messing around with your kid, 
beaten up, throw them in the corner, you know, you're no good, they're taking their stuff out. Would you just stand there and watch a kid get beat up, torn apart? No. You come to the aid of that child. Well, God has come to our aid and he says, this is, a, this is what I want you to do. Put on the full armor of God. I've given you protection. I've armed you. And you are dangerous to the enemy. Because you know how to speak God's word. Amen. Glory to God. Okay. Let's go to the quiz this morning. What weapons did Gideon use to defeat the Mennonites? You were to look in Judges, the book of Judges, chapter 6, 7, and 8. Okay. Anybody can tell me what the, what the instruments were? Okay. Trumpets, trumpets, or actually it's, it's shofars, pitchers, and lamps. Okay. Um, Israel, how, how all this came about. Israel had once again slipped away from the Lord and had gone into idolatry. Uh, with idolatry, with that idolatry, they became oppressed by the nation of the Mennonites. And once again, they call upon the Lord for help. Help, Lord, help. You know, I'm, I'm sorry I got into that. Help, help. I, want, I need your deliverance. So the Lord says, all right. The Lord calls upon a man named Gideon. Oh, valiant man of uh, valor. And Gideon's hiding downstairs in, in the <laughs> threshing floor. Um, God calls, him, uh, calls on a man named Gideon to raise an army to fight the Mennonites. Gideon says, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. Gideon assembles an, an army of 32,000 men. Glory to God. Hey, he's a good uh, leader if you can get that many men to follow him. Okay. But the Lord says, that's too many, Gideon. We need to reduce the number. So the Lord directs Gideon, tells Gideon to tell those, those who are fearful and afraid, you can leave. So out of 32,000 um, men that Gideon gets, 22,000 leave. Well, you said, you know, I'm afraid. And he says, if you're afraid, don't. And if you're fearful, leave. So 22,000 men leave. Leaving only 10,000 men to do battle with the Mennonites. Okay, glory to God. But the Lord says, too many, Gideon, too many. Have them drink water, and those that drink water with their hands, they cup their hands in the water and drink it that way. Um, those that uh, cup the, uh, drink water with their hands will be your army. So only 300 of those gentlemen, those soldiers, cup their hand and drink water out of their hands. That, that man, meant... 9,700 of those other individuals were relieved of duty. Wow. Which, which group would you like to be in? First group, second group, or third group? You know, you're looking at a, a Midian, and the Midians have 132,000 men. 
and you start off with uh, 32,000 men, and then it gets reduced down to 20, uh, down to 10,000, and now 300. <laughs> Man, well, and then and then Gideon says, "Okay, we're going to go out. Three, 300. Are you ready?" Um, yeah. Uh, I've got my sword, I got my spear, I got my shield. No, no, put those away. What? Pick up a shofar? Get an empty pitcher. An empty pitcher? What, what's going on here? And get a lamp. And that's what we're going to fight with. What? No way. No way. Uh, maybe I should have been one of those that... I'm, I'm getting afraid now. Well, why just 300, okay? Turn with me to the book of Leviticus. Go back further into the Old Testament. In the book of Leviticus, it's quite interesting. Leviticus chapter 26, in fact. Leviticus chapter 26. And we want to look at verses 7 and 8. And ye shall chase your enemies. Okay, here we go. And they shall fall before you by the sword. Verse 8. And five of you shall chase a hundred. Wow. And a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. And your enemies shall fall before thee by the sword. Wow. Look at that. God said, you don't need big numbers. Well. That's one way of looking at it. Now turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. Let's see what God has, what, what we say, up, up his sleeve. Deuteronomy, chapter 32. Well, we know what Leviticus says. Five will put a hundred men to flight, and a hundred will put... 10,000 to fly, but what does Deuteronomy 32 say? Deuteronomy chapter 32, looking at verse 30. How could one chase a thousand? One now is chasing a thousand. And two could put 10,000 to flight. Wow, look at the odds there now. Glory to God. Three hundred of, of Gideon's army could have uh, put 300,000 to flight or even 1,500,000 to flight as you take God's word well what, what are, are you in God's army which one, which one do you want to take as your theme pick one of them pick one of them one, I like the Deuteronomy 32, 30. That's the, that's, that's the one you need to pick. Lord, you said one person can do this. I'm coming against the enemy. An army of 300,000, I'm going to wipe them out with one person. Two of you coming into agreement will put away 1,500,000 to flight. Well, look at, look at the power of agreement there with two of you. And the enemy comes against you? 
Put the scripture on him. We're coming against you. I'm in God's army. I'm caught. You don't see him, but I've got ministering angels. 1,500,000 is coming against you, Satan. They're going to kick your... Yes. The 300 men armed with shofars or trumpets, pitchers and lamps. The shofars, shofar is an instrument of Israel. Call to action. They hear that shofar. It's called to action. It also is a call that the presence of God is here. So when so they're they're going to blow. Uh, Gideon says we're going to blow the horn or the shofar, and it's called God's presence is going to be here. And once you blow blow the horn, you're going to take that pitcher that's over the the lamp, break it, throw it aside, and you got light there. Light chases darkness away. The presence of God and the light chases the enemy away. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As they surrounded the Midian army in three different sections, a hundred in each one, it ha they came against them a little bit after midnight. They blew the horns and broke the pitchers and exposed the lit lamps and shouted, For Gideon and the Lord! And Confusion came upon the enemy. Don't you like that? The enemy is in confusion. He's trying to get you confused, but you are now set with God, and you're, set, you're letting him go into confusion. And when that confusion engulfed the Minnan army, uh, they brought destruction upon themselves. Glory to God. You can do it. Stand on God's word. Speak God's word. Take that promise and beat the devil over the head with it. Don't take no for an answer. Well, you know, the devil says, just give me, yeah, you know, I'll make it just a little bit lighter on you if you don't. No, you want to face the devil and he'll flee from you. Don't take any of his guff. Glory to God. Okay, the next week's quiz, are you ready? You'll find it in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Glory to God. The question is, what was Aaron doing while Moses was on the mount speaking to God? What was Aaron doing when he was on a mountain? I mean, what was Aaron doing when Moses was up on the mountain speaking to God? Okay, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Glory. Okay, we... We have communion set. Oh, pretty close to it. Again, look at your emblems when you come up and pick them up. So, Heather, if you just put that music on, and if you'll file by and pick up your, your emblems, after we all get receive it, we'll take communion together. Amen. We live in exciting times.
there's the, the double portion of the anointing is going to come upon upon you to do the works of God. Thank you, Lord. Didn't work. Good time to meditate upon the scripture. And First Corinthians chapter eleven. First Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23, Paul writes, For I have received the Lord, that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remnants of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. This is just not a, a meal. The communion table is actually a covenant. And a covenant says, when, when, a covenant between two individuals or, or nations Covenant says, what I have is yours, and what you have is mine. Glory to God. Jesus says, I'm giving you what I have, and I'll take what you have. And that covenant, in that covenant, we can look at it this way. In Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He was bruised for our sicknesses and our iniquities. It's all sickness and disease. This is part of the covenant. He took it. And we have no right to it any longer. 
uh, and 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we are healed. Again, sickness has no place in us. He took it and he gave, it, gave us his life, his healing, his body. Glory to God. So, Father God, as we look at this covenant, Father God, it stands forever, a covenant of love and grace and mercy. We receive this bread, Father God, as a token of Jesus' body, what he endured to give us excellent health and a strong mind. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. The cup says this is a new, this is the new, this is, this cup is the New Testament in our blood. Do it off as you drink it in remembrance of me. New Testament, new covenant. Covenant that we've been blood washed. Sin no longer has power over us. He took our sin to give us life. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> Let's all stand. <coughs> I went down the wrong side. <coughs> Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks <clears throat> that you've given us your protection the armor of God, that we are armed and we are dangerous to the enemy, Father God. The enemy has no right to attack us, Father God. We thank you now, Lord. We stand in full agreement with the covenant, the new covenant. We agree with everything, Father God, that Jesus attained for us. <clears throat> we think we, we can walk and share this good news. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>